0: Animated shorts take a look at the galaxy from a different perspective. Light and dark are in conflict. Heroes are born and more as the Sky Guys are back to review volume two of Star Wars Visions.
1: All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys podcast. Catch you on the latest Star Wars content coming out here. as Star Wars Visions, the anime style shorts nine new ones in volume two dropped on star wars day on disney plus morning host mike phillips join me today as always the man's voice generation every single week here pete story, Pete. how are you
0: doing well uh always a pleasure talking star wars um we're we're gaining a following on on the social media so we thank you guys for listening in and and watching our our reels there that's uh implementation want to thank martino puccio and mike phillips for uh getting that idea up and also nick for posting everything so um glad to be here glad to broadcast this to all you listeners
1: as here, also with us today the leader of our flight academy nick fred is here nick how are you
2: doing well very excited to talk visions i i was you know we all agreed that season one was or volume one rather was was not bad but not for us and volume two was it was for me i can say that much
1: yeah, I feel like I'm very excited watching these. I think the thing I think we'll talk about this more in detail in a few minutes, Nick, is that like the choice they made to have a bunch of students from around the world produce these things did add a lot of flavor to a lot of different animations. I think that they make it much more visually interesting to me than in the first that was. I agree. They, they didn't
2: feel like they were all the same, they, they had a little bit of a different feel to each of them, unique feel. And there were um, some ones that really stood out to me as, that I was really engaged in.
1: Absolutely here. So, Pete. People want to subscribe to us here on The Sky Guys. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all digital suspects. Simply search for The Sky Guys. If you podcast platforms. find episodes there. And you got to subscribe. You want to be on the horn for all of our fun stuff between the live action shows.
0: Yeah, we're in exclusive content zone. This is uh, what you guys have been wanting. So definitely subscribe so you don't miss out the audio. Uh, for those of you listening on YouTube, if you're not subscribed, Ray, what are you doing? Subscribe. Let's go.
1: As here, and Nick. People want to see the fun Instagram reels, like the one for, about Omega last week that went viral on Instagram. So how do they do that? You follow at
2: Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, I also share. Oh, it on Twitter. oh,
1: and um, also on Twitter. Yes, also on Twitter. But like your your commentary on Omega seems to have struck a nerve with some of the people out there. No, some people. Some people agree. It's
2: um, some people. You know, it's people have their own opinions. It goes back and forth. Some people are a big fan of the character. Some people are not. Some people are asking me what I'm talking about <laughs> in terms of they didn't actually know what I was talking about. Not like they disagreed, which I thought was funny, but yeah, I, I think it's been all civil comments in there and that's good. It is pretty
1: good because you can can a cool. So nice to know that there are some civil people still out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think all three of us are understanding that there's different opinions out there in the star Wars world. We respect those opinions. And, uh, we're going to we're gonna keep throwing those hot takes. We're going to keep throwing those controversial picks and controversial ideas out there when it comes to Star Wars world. So um, hopefully it stirs some more conversation.
1: It does. You guys will follow the YouTube page. Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of our podcast. I'm on my YouTube channel here. We include our, all our props, as always, including, since we saw his mask in one of the shorts here, we'll go with uh, Lego Mando is here, Nick. Hello. Hello there.
2: I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, so that's that's it for that part here. So let's get to some Star Wars. There's a couple of things to discuss. Oh, sorry,
2: lost lost the mute button. Like I'm Pete. Yep. Um, so to the news. Uh, number one is that Felicity Jones, that's the character who played, um, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name, Gina Erso in Rogue One, said she is not going to be, um, in Endor, and um, I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, very, very little bit surprised, because Saul Guerrero might be in, and she should be with Saw at this point. Actually, maybe even not. So it kind of makes sense, because it seems like she's not with Saw anymore, actually, in terms of the timeline, because she wasn't with Saw for a number of years leading up to Rogue One. So it actually makes perfect sense to me.
1: I'm not surprised at all. So, Pete, my, my condolences on the character draft. You're not, you're not getting any Jin Erso points in uh, Season 2. Well,
0: all I'm saying is, uh, and the name escapes me because I don't want to botch it if I say it wrong. But Emperor Palpatine came out and said he was not in certain things, but he was. So let's not uh, let's take this with a grain of salt, shall we? I mean, I'm still I'm still trying here. I'm still trying to get one win or at least one character. It's yeah. been a while, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I'm confident. I'm confident I could pull one off.
1: I mean, to be fair, to Peter also Lars Middleton has been a long time saying he was not going to be in an Ahsoka, and then all of a sudden he's in Ahsoka.
0: I, I yeah, see true. anything that proves my point is okay by me. So, and you, I said that, too. Going. yeah, I said that too. When he
2: said he wasn't going to be in a Zoka, I was like, Well, I mean, Palpatine said he was going to be in Kenobi, and there he was. Yeah. Uh, next is, and Mike, you're gonna have to help me with this. Kathleen Kennedy offers the first the first plot details for the Ray movie. I know she did, but I didn't look at them, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have to tell me.
1: Yeah, so anyway, she did a bunch. There's apparently she's been going around doing some interviews about this, and this is. I pulled this article from Den of Geek and basically, she told Empire Magazine here, We're 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker, the First Order has fallen, the Jedi are in chaos, there's even a question of how many exist anymore, and Rey's building a new Jedi Order based on the text that she was given and that Luke imparted on her. So, so that's the general sense that, like, the Jedi are a mess, we still don't know how many Jedi there actually are, and Rey's trying to unite everybody.
2: Um, it seems weird. <laughs> the Jedi would be in disarray at that point but um i guess it also seemed weird that they'd be in disarray in episode seven and they made a story out of that so can't i can't judge it till we see it
1: yeah and pme you can also say it seems weird that uh you know like we had a whole situation where we have like order to access to wipe out almost all the jedi and then they, we have new survivors every single day and uh, star wars content so who knows
0: yeah, I mean, I've been saying it since we started this podcast. We talk about weird, or maybe this doesn't make sense. We're, we're watching a show and movies about people travel through space and fight with light swords. I'll, uh, I'll, laser swords actually is what I usually say. So I'm gonna stick by that. It sounds like an interesting concept. If it's done correctly, I think it would be good. I think it'll be refreshing. Um, so I'm excited to see if that comes to fruition in the sense of being good content.
1: Yep. Nick, what else we got? I think Nick lost the button again.
0: Yeah, he's pulling this is this is weird. I dude. did. Yeah. Pulled me. That time I just didn't know I was muted. Yeah.
2: Uh, um last we have here is the big writer's strike that's going on that's impacting all of uh not just Star Wars, but uh media in general, films, movies, and what have you. So uh Mike, you wanna walk us through that?
1: All right, so I'll give you the background of the writer's strike here. So basically, the Writers Guild of America is on strike because they cannot g- agree to terms like a new contract with the studios and the streamers. So all the issues that are with this, in terms of like better pay, writers' rooms, you can read all that on line. Here's how it impacts us: like production on like anything that is scripted has has been writing wise has come to a halt. You have stuff like your late night shows, like your SNLs, the late night uh, talk shows, like those are gone because all the writers are gone right now. Like, TV shows that are have scripts written and can shoot the scripts as written, Pete. So, like, if for example, like, let's say a show went ahead and has the scripts for their season written. They can film them as is, but they cannot make any changes on the material until their strike is over because I believe the choir somewhere is somewhere like, you can't even move a comma without the writers being present here. So, this does put a imp- limit, potentially, what can be produced. And there's already talk about some shows that are Stranger Things or just. Shutting down production in solidarity with the writers.
0: Yeah, Stranger Things is one of the big ones, right? There, they've been delayed because of the the writers' strike. Um, I mean, you have a, a beautifully uh, organized list here that I think you'll go through, but it's it's good to see that at least most of the stuff we're excited for has been completed, so we don't have to worry too much about it as of yet. The editing thing gets me a little worried because there's no writers to edit or change that content, um, but uh yeah i mean if you want you can get to the list now when it comes to star wars
1: yeah in terms of the editing as refers more to post-production work and editing wise i'm talking about editing is like oh like if the writer's on set and they're doing a line reading oh no no like we should change it to so it sounds more like this you cannot do that right now well it, that's what i'm referring to wouldn't
0: wouldn't that be at the discretion of the directors though not the writers
1: the, the difference is like if they're working off the writer's scripts they cannot change the script
0: they're, they're not allowed, a director's not allowed to say, you know what, I think we shouldn't be doing this without the writer's consent and no. let's call it uh, permission.
1: Basically, the difference is like, if it's written and submitted to the studio, is the studio's private, they can film it as is. If they want to change a word, and let's say like we wrote the line, like we're going to the store right now, you can say, no, no, it doesn't make sense. Like we're going to the mall, you can't do that. You can, one word has to be approved by a writer. Interesting, okay. Okay, so here's how this impacts us right now in terms of stuff here stuff that has little impact nick uh ahsoka fully done gonna be released in august skeleton group probably falls in that boat as well because they're in post-production and they should be fine but there is a chance they do hold this back a little bit in case this strike goes on pretty well in case you need content for 2024
2: well the thing is that with with a strike like this or any strike this might end tomorrow we don't know so like yeah, I mean, as of now, we're going to assume this is not ending because then we can look at this stuff and actually get a re- an accurate representation on what might happen. So, like, I mean, I can't imagine Ahsoka's Ahsoka's impacted whatsoever.
1: Yeah, so it has no impact on that, and probably not Skeleton Crew either.
2: And then you have a couple other things here that have a uh, you have less of potential impact. Yeah,
1: yeah, things of-
2: things that might be impacted.
1: Yeah, let's go to the things that might be impacted now. The acolyte, the one is the one I'd be worried about because they're still filming, and this is a very complex show. So, like, if they want to do rewrites on the set, that might get delayed. So, like, they can finish filming whatever the scripts they have. I don't, I'm not able to ascertain what scripts they have completed at this point. I believe as of celebration, they have four episodes finished. So, that at least four of them are still working on here. So, if the eight episode order is not finished relatively soon, we could see this push back a little bit into 2024, Pete.
0: Yeah, we could. And just to, to kind of piggyback off what Nick said, as of date of recording, the strike is still going on. So if they decide tomorrow, the day after recording, that uh, they're not on strike anymore, they come to an agreement, this is kind of going to be a little obsolete. But from record, just want to give the viewers and the listeners out there, we are still experiencing the writer. Well, we're not experiencing it, but the industry is still experiencing the writer's strike.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon because the pressure point, Nick, for these things is usually like, early early to mid-summer when the shows that networks are starting getting ready for fall tv season when they don't have content that's where i think the pressure to come to make a deal
2: yeah yeah i think you're right that's usually like like that time of year when the new seasons are coming i, I, I don't know how writing works i have no idea when they start when they tell long it takes to write an episode i have no idea but yeah. i think you're right and i i, I, I think that uh, these shows are movies that you have listed under this um category that you would listed as potential impact i, I think you're 100 right although there's one of them that i think is more of a definite impact that i have highlighted on the screen for for you guys that you can see but i know people cannot see that who are listening for me that's mando season four i think that it's definitely going to get impacted i know he said he wrote season four but like when you write like correct me if i'm wrong when you write something versus writing a script there's an entire entire difference he didn't write i like you write like, something means you write the story. It's understood what's going to happen. You write a script. It's what they're going to say.
1: Well, I mean, John Favreau said that he wrote the scripts for season four before season three, so the season's entirely written. The difference is, like, oh, he wrote he wrote the scripts. He did so, like the, okay, they can film as is. The plan right now with them is they're going to try and film in the fall, from what I've been gathering here. But the issue, okay. is if they want to change anything based off the reception of season three, they have to wait till the strike is over. I would imagine if they're filming in the
2: fall that by the time I, I my prediction is if writer strike is over by Labor Day, the latest. Yeah. And if that's the case, then if they're not coming until the fall, then it shouldn't be an issue.
1: Yeah. Another one that shouldn't have an issue is Andor season two, because the scripts for that show, according to the Hollywood Reporter, were fully complete, went over multiple times here. So they're still in production over there in U in the UK. So like sounds like we shouldn't have any issues with Andor being coming out on time which is great for us because we love the Andor Pete.
0: Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of these things before we get to the definite impact, um, it, except for Acolyte, it looks like everything's pretty much done. So I'm excited that at least that's done.
1: Yeah, the definite impact here, a couple of things I'll point out of here. Nick, the movies are definitely getting impact because I remember when we had this conversation at celebration that Kathleen County said the script was about six weeks away from the Ray movie. And we have not hit six weeks where the strike hit, so there's no way a strike that script is finished, so that one and the following movie, the script, I'm sure it's not done for that either. So can't really do much in terms of pre-production for a movie, of a script. So there's a good chance that 2025 date gets missed if that uh, release window is not like, and the strike's not resolved quickly.
2: That date always concerned me a little bit. I don't know. I was uh, used to the idea that it took three years to make a movie, possibly two. And we're looking at it's two and a half now. So it's not the end of the world. It's not very short. It's pretty much right between two and three. And, The fact that there's nothing written yet, though, I've always found it hard to believe that you'd have a movie in two and a half years. But with this writer's strike, let's say my prediction—I'm just going to say—it's Labor Day. That's when it gets solved. So that's that's four months from now, roughly. That gives you a little more than two years to finish the movie. Can you do it in that time?
1: You're sure you get the script done quick enough? You can, but like, if they take a while, it's good they push it back.
2: Well, let's. I hope they do, because I would rather them make a script the right way and spend the time needed on it than rush a script out just so we can hit a release date. That would not be ideal, especially on a movie that where this movie came from, which is the sequel trilogy, was very decisive. Or excuse me, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Divisive. Uh, Divisive, where people were divided on the movies. You had a lot of people who hated these movies, a lot of people who loved these movies, and there's fights on the internet every day about these movies. And the last thing you want is a movie to be rushed. That's trying to... I don't want to use this word, save. But it's trying to bring people who didn't like the sequels and say, hey, this character's okay. And that's how I feel like, honestly, that's how I feel the direction I'm moving in. But if you have a movie that comes out that's subpar because of a rushed script, you're not going to get those people to change their minds. It's only going to make things more split. So I think that's really important that this this strike gets resolved for this for i think this is the biggest part of the, the script when you'd say there's a writer's script how is it going to impact star wars that's the first thing i think of because everything else could get pushed a little bit it's not a big deal it could do this see you could rush a show a little bit i mean i don't recommend it but you could but you rush this movie your first movie back in the theaters in six years after the last time you were there you left a, lot, a sour taste in people's mouths it could be bad news so i'm hoping
1: that this strike gets resolved sooner rather than later Yeah, P, I think the big worry for us here, obviously, is the movie situation. Because they really have to land this movie to be successful going forward here. And, like, any potential delay with getting this thing going here is not good.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, timelines change all the time. Delays happen without writer strikes, too. So, I'm, I'm not reading too much into the delay part. I just will hope for good content when that time does come.
1: Yep, two other things. The animated shows here. Bad, bad season three, Nick. I mean, they just announced a celebration. I can't imagine they've gotten very far on the script. So, like, if they said next year for that one, it might be towards the end of next year if this thing is delayed a little bit. And Tales of the Jedi is well here. Dave Floyd really just announced a celebration. I'm doing another one. I'm sure you guys have written it Yes, so I'm sure that one's being delayed, too.
2: I have a double question. There's a writer's strike. Does that mean every single writer in the world is on strike?
1: Any member who's a member of the Writers Guild? of America.
2: Okay, so you're, so you're
1: a member of the Writers Guild you are. So is Dave Filoni a member of this? I'm assuming he. No. I'm assuming that like he had. He's a member of both. But I think like in terms of like being responsible for like a potential show, like he could work as a show arm. But like he may opt not to. It's a there the writers. Yeah, yeah, I see, yes. I see what you mean. Yeah. All right, so that's what's going on with that one. And then one unintended side effect I want to point out here: if we get to a point, you know, where where Nick says like, "Oh, we get to Labor Day," it's resolved. It take a while for these shows to get going here, so. Networks made to fill some time. A lot of times, turn to reality shows, game shows. But like, one thing, think here, Pete. Like, we've seen that ABC has dipped into the Disney Plus to show off the first episode of uh, *Mandalorian* this year, first two two episodes of *Andor* last year. So, could you would see the scenario here, where you know, like, if we're stuck stopping content, they say, you know what, like, we're gonna fill a time like we're gonna sh- give you season one of the *Mandalorian* or season one of *Andor*. I think that would be a, a distinct possibility.
0: Um, maybe Uh if they're Desperate enough, sure. I mean, I, I don't see why not. They, um, it'd be smart, it'd be cool, it'd be good for Star Wars, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where they can show reruns of other things as well. I don't know how much content these television networks have kind of in their back pocket already filmed that hasn't been released yet, so they may be okay. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely a possibility they tried to do kind of like a I don't want to say a soft launch, but they did what one or two episodes of Andor on on uh, cable, so it's a possibility.
1: Yeah, Nick, I think Andor is more likely because A has more episodes, and B the second season coming out later next year, so you could say get people excited for it that way.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we're not going to know until they resolve it. They might resolve it soon. They might not. And if they do resolve it soon it'll all be for nothing so let's or at least you know in terms of our our release dates and whatnot so let's hope for that and let's talk some visions
1: yeah let's talk some visions here so visions volume two nine shorts came out last week here i know we said the podcast like we were not big fans of volume one because it just didn't grab us like i know they were done very well they were very well received critically people love these things like volume two though i say there was a lot of them that got my attention, got me very excited. And the animation styles definitely got my got my interest here. And Nick, how about you? How did you feel about vision as a whole?
2: Same as you. There were a lot that caught my eye. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember Volume 1 that much. Maybe if you guys do, you could tell me, yes, Nick, you're right about this. Or you could say, no, you're wrong about this. I feel like a lot of the, the shorts that were in Volume 1 were a universe unrelated to the universe we know of star wars now everything's obviously not canon including volume two but a lot of the episodes in volume one seemed like oh this is 50 million years ago and this was 50 million years in the future and there's like as compared to volume two there were a good chunk of these maybe six of them or five of them that took place during the time period of star wars that we know am i wrong that that is unique to this season
1: uh, you i think you are incorrect. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. I'm looking at season one stuff. They have a couple mentioned here. About one was uh called Wap and Ocho. Last year it was set during the reign of the Galactic Empire between Revenge of the Sith and a New Hope. The older was set for Phantom Menace. The twins was set after Rise of Skywalker Ninth Jedi to Rise of Skywalker. So they had a few that were in the timeline supposedly, but not canon. All
2: right. Well, then,
1: then s- strike that from the record. Okay. It's struck on the record here p how'd you feel watching these shorts this, this year uh
0: yeah i mean i i like them i think that they were really good um there's like one or two episodes that really stand out to me pretty, pretty much like the same as you guys it, it was refreshing it's something different i really like that they cho- chose different production studios for each episode and just kind of seeing that fresh art style for each one was was a really cool experience
1: yeah i did look it up here i think Japanese uh, studios did all nine shorts last year. And this year we had shorts from, I believe, the USA. It was it kind of the list here. It was Japan, India, the U.S., U.K., Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Africa, and South Korea. So a lot of diversity in terms of, like, v- v- like animation styles.
2: Yeah, it, was, it was really, really well done. There were a lot that i enjoyed and maybe only like one or two that i didn't honestly this was really good.
1: That's really good let's get some of these here let's go around the horn here so nick i'll let you go first here give me some of your highlights in terms of the shorts like which ones did you like the best
2: sure i, I will speak about two I, I will speak about two the first one that i that really although there's more there are there were a good five that i really liked but i'm picking two here The two that I really, really liked above all was episode two, which was Screechers Reach. Just a really cool episode. A really interesting... It was scary, too. Like, that ghost was really scary in there. And um, I don't know how to explain I just loved it. It was really exciting. I was on the edge of my seat. Like, what is going to happen? Why are they afraid? And seeing the Sith mother at the end... It, it just seemed it was just a very interesting episode, a really cool dynamic, and something that I would I I, I want to see more of something like that, like a like a hidden temple mystery of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this one for a minute here, Pete. How do you feel Screecher's reach? Because I did think this was interesting in terms of like the storyline, like with the uh, kids who works in the factory and they go on this quest to go like find the Sith cave and like explain like find solve the mystery of the cave. And basically, this one friend with his, like decides to become a Sith at the end just screws all her other friends over to leave like that was an interesting story choice
0: yeah I think 80% of them had interesting story choices um I liked it though uh the art style was not something I was super into but the story was great I I found it very interesting Uh, pretty much all of Nick's points I kind of mirror not to be boring but yeah I mean it was super cool um, I like the kind of twist that this, you know, the Sith mother, if you will, like kind of draws the kid in. So, I, uh, yeah, I liked it.
1: Yeah, the Sith mother, by the way, Nick, voiced by Angelica Houston. So big time uh, actress getting getting in that role.
2: I, so I see. I saw that. The problem is I don't know who that is.
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll give you the <laughs> resume real quick for Angelica Houston. She, in terms of like some big famous stuff, she's been in here. So well, I'm
2: looking at her page. You don't need to, but I, I will tell. I'll talk about my second. One right now, this was this next one is my favorite of the season. It is, um, episode eight, The Pit. I was uh, just a huge fan of that. I I really thought it was so interesting what they did to those slaves. And like, I was like, it kind of reminded me of uh, Batman when they're all stalked down there and the Dark Knight rises. Yeah, a little bit different because the you know, they struggled to get out and he got out fairly easily. Like after he planned it, I, But they don't really tell you how much time has passed. It could have been a month; they were stuck down there. It could have been a day. I don't know. But he gets out of there, and then like th- that city is—that's something that they built, and it's just so interesting that all these people find out about this, and it kind of shows you like how the Empire was perceived, um, was portrayed in in, in the galaxy when the Empire first came to be in nineteen BBY. I, I think there were a good amount of people who knew what was going on, sure, but. Not a lot of people understood that the, the empire was the bad guy yet. And they kind of like just said, Oh, it's the Republic. And they changed the name for security. And then this is kind of like showing people, no, this is the empire is not good. Like they're performing genocide in another episode that we see. And that's another one that I really like. but uh, they're keeping hostages, slaves. And I think people start, then start to realize what's going on. And it all goes back to, the slow slow formation of what eventually comes into being a rebellion
1: yeah so sure here in, in terms of the pit there's something to point out here is like that city that nick talked about here it's, it's very clear with the passage of like how deep the hole gets and how long city's being built they were down there for years working on that thing and then they sort of get abandoned here and i did think it was like very cool to see like this whole thing where like the guy crux escapes he goes to the city gives a speech, and then. The story, the Empire shows like no mercy. They just throw him to his death in the pit, which is like pretty dark.
0: Yeah, I, I think this episode gives you that dark side of Star Wars that I really liked from Revenge of the Sith and, and other and other movies and shows that will at least explore it and not make it too kid friendly. Um but I agree with, with everything said here. I mean it was it was a great storyline as well. I think it's very interesting that they show that side of the Empire too when, like Nick said, like at some point we thought the Empire, excuse me, the characters thought the Empire was just a changed name, and now they're kind of realizing what they really are.
1: Yeah, I also point out your couple of uh noble voice actors for us who were in this thing, Nick, is that uh our our buddy Steve Bloom, Stephen Bloom would play Zeb is the is the commander of the Stormtroopers, and Matthew Wood, who's the voice of General Grievous, is the voice of the other Stormtroopers.
2: That that is really interesting. Good to have them back. I mean, I'm assuming Zeb will get some more work in upcoming shows considering yeah. he was in um what's the show we just lost Mandalorian yeah. um but I uh was he in Mandalorian? He was right he it was, was the same actor right it had yeah. to be yeah. and yeah I imagine and, and then Matthew Wood it's just nice to see him back you know yeah
1: Matthew- I'm not sure if he
2: does anything else besides Grievous and Star Wars.
1: He was he actually physically pl- he actually played Boba Fett I think in one uh one episode of Boba Fett Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, uh, oh,
2: okay. Bad Fortuna. Ah, okay,
1: okay. All right, so now we have Nick's favorites on the board here. Pete, you want to give me your highlights on for this crop of shorts?
0: Yeah, so hang on, my, my phone just locked. I had everything set up here. Um, So I had three favorites I really liked, Um, and I'll just kind of rapid fire here because it's all going to be the same kind of stuff for me. I enjoyed the story. I think it's very interesting how they portrayed the story, and I also like the art style. Um, Episode one, Sith was one of my favorites. Episode three in the stars was another one of my favorites. Um, And then the bandits of Golak, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Episode seven. seven. Episode seven. Yeah, Uh, art styles. I loved all three of them. And like I said, the the storyline that they portrayed was very interesting to me. Um, The others I don't have a problem with. I don't think there was really any low points for me, but it was um, those three stuck out to me a lot more than the others.
1: Yeah, I did like all three of those. I had them all very high on my board here in terms of, like, I think in terms of the visuals here, I'm glad they put the Sith first, Nick, because the Sith's visuals I think maybe the best in the entire batch. because, like, it's, like, stunning when you first pop it on. You see all the colors, you see the animation choices here, plus the storyline here. A lot of fun where you have, like, this uh, former Sith apprentice who decides she doesn't want to be in the Sith anymore, and then, like, her master tries to, like, hunt her down and, like, he's like, I'm I like the design of the master too. It's like a mix between Darth Malik and Plo Koon.
2: Yeah, I, the Sith had you you didn't know, that, but the, the visuals. The visuals and the Sith were superb. And that's what stood the episode out to me entirely.
1: Yeah, that's the Sith. In terms of the uh the second one Pete brought up here, in terms of uh in the stars, Pete, I did like the animation here. Like, what about the story grabbed you on that one?
0: The story was good. I think it was really telling of the hope that the the young character had and I think that spreads across all Star Wars the hope to and the, and the belief that they could defeat the enemy and some people couldn't some people could and I think the older sister being able to save the younger sister with the with the powers that the younger sister wanted I think was really cool at the end
1: yeah I did like the uh in the I, I did like the in the star storyline here and Nick I do feel like one of the themes here at these things like, a lot of secret Jedi in this thing
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's that's very true. This is my third favorite episode outside of the two that I mentioned. I like this one a lot. I really like the. You know, it's dark. The, the genocide. Their mother's gone. All the rest of their neighborhood, whatever it was, you know, they're all gone. And it's it's a sad episode. It's happy at the end when you can see that they're getting looked down on. Upon they're getting looked down upon by their mother again, and um, it's just another example of how like evil the Empire was. If you just watch the movies, we're just told the Empire is evil, but why? I mean, yeah, they blew up Alderaan, but like, we don't see the genocide and, I mean, we still don't seek it, but we don't know that they're committing genocide planet to planet, and it's kind of it really, it's really, you know, it's, it's not good.
1: I think there's only really three properties we actually see like the Empire being truly evil in, which is Andor, in Rebels a little bit, and here. I think that's the only three times we see why the Empire is bad. Well, don't forget, don't forget, they blew up a planet. Well, uh, that's true We're in episode four. But
2: also, to be fair, they blew up the planet, but when they did, no one knew that was. I know this doesn't this doesn't excuse them by any means, but like the Empire, when you live on Coruscant and you work nine to five in Coruscant, you have no idea the Death Star exists. You don't even know the Empire is doing that. So the common person doesn't even know that that's going on. The Death Star was a secret.
1: Yeah, that's for sure, Yuri. I did also think, in terms of the bands of Golak here, Pete, like, the duel, I think, makes the episode for me. Like, the fact that, like, they had me fooled, like, when we just, we realized, oh, like, the little sister's Force-sensitive and the kid brother's trying to save her. They did not, like, I completely missed the fact that the village elder was a Jedi.
0: Yeah, I, I think from start to finish, I liked it. I was intrigued by the storyline. But yeah, the duel's really cool as well, obviously.
1: Yeah, very fun style here. I'll, I'll throw a couple out here in terms of ones that we haven't mentioned yet here, in terms of, uh, why do you think about, like, the random Wedge cameo in I Am Your Mother. That was, that was funny. was
2: hmm.
1: Yeah. Pete, like Wedge. Yeah, Pete, were you happy to see Wedge in one of these?
0: Yeah. No, it was it was a cool little callback.
1: I also did think it was the story. That was, this one made me the laugh the most because like we have, like, we've all been there as kids. Where, like, you're embarrassed by, like, your parents being around. You're like, no, don't do this. Don't come here. And then, like, at the end, they basically prove you wrong. And like, oh, you know, like, I still have value and I can help you out. And like, I did think that was fun where she sort of realized, you know, like as soon as she like embraces her mom and like saying, okay, you can help me pilot the parent race. Then they end up winning the thing.
2: Yeah. This is is like a cute episode.
1: Yeah. I did like the robot chicken style animation for this one. Also. I think that fit very nicely with the motif here.
0: Sure. I agree.
1: Yeah. Another one I'll throw out here in terms of my number two, one that I did not mention here. Uh, the Journey to the Dark Head. How did you guys feel about that one?
2: I was, uh, I'll be honest, I was in and out of attention in this one. It was hard for me to be involved. I was on a plane watching these, so it could have been something happening on the flight or me looking out the window or something, but this specific episode, I was really in and out. It just seemed like, It did seem like, though, there was a lot of battles, and that seemed kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I did like the battles here in Pete. That was not, episode five, the uh, Journey to the Dark Head, where, like, we have this thing where like the people, like the watchers from what if are there, and they're like reading prophecies about what's going on. And then one of them goes to the secret Jedi council on a spaceship and they go find, she paired with this Jedi whose master was killed. I think the odd couple pairing here, the duel in this one, I think that was a lot of fun. And I love the design of the Sith guy. They were fighting. It looked a lot like fire Lord Ozai from avatar.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. Um, another episode that, not necessarily was weak, but not necessarily one of my favorites. Uh It was good, though. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that was actually number two on my list. It was actually much higher on than you guys.
0: Yeah, it didn't even make my top three.
1: Yeah. In terms of a couple other ones you mentioned here, like the Spy Dancer, did that one get land for you guys?
2: Oh, yeah. Love that one. That was that was another one of my really high ones. I like that one a lot.
1: Yeah, what stuck out about the Spy Dancer for you?
2: I don't know. I honestly can't put my finger on something that necessarily that stuck out for me. It just seemed like a cool concept.
1: Yeah, I did like the storyline here, Pete, and that one, the idea of like that we have these spy dancers trying to like basically plant trackers on the Empire. The twist where like we find out that the Imperial officer that she's trying to like that the main dancer is trying to kill is like her son that was taken away twenty years prior. Like that's pretty dark.
0: You guys ever see Rush Hour Three.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was extremely similar.
0: That's that's <laughs> all I could think about. I mean, it was still good, but I just was like, "This is Rush Hour 3. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I mean, not much more I could say about that other than it, it. Not my top, but it was still good. It wasn't bad. I don't think any episode in this in this series was bad. Or excuse me, the season.
1: Yeah, I was think bad. Anything was bad. I think the one that I don't think Landy for of us based on the numbers brought up here. The last one, our song, I don't think really landed with it. I don't think it was really like our cup of tea. That's what we're looking for, your neck.
2: That one was not for me. Yeah. That's the easiest way to put it. I did not enjoy that one. And um that's really it. I, I really just didn't enjoy that one.
1: Uh you mean the singing bunny didn't get you?
2: No, that, that one I didn't like. Didn't like the didn't like the kid, didn't like the whole storyline. Just that one I was like, ah, that stinks. The ending wasn't good
1: instinct is in Pete. also interesting here that like also they use the kyro crystals to plot point a lot of these shorts
0: i like that i think uh i don't know how far we can go into the technology of lightsabers but i feel like we barely touch upon it throughout star wars and i feel like it'd be cool to have a little bit more there
1: yeah i do think overall, especially
0: yeah. especially sorry especially with disney having the whole lightsaber experience i feel like they should really try to Market that with sh- within the show or something like that. Like this is how we build it, and then you get to go and do it at Disney World and Disneyland. So
1: I did like. I thought I was getting more into that story when it began because it's talk about oh, like the Sif corrupted these Kyber crystals, and now we're gonna have to you know like fix them. Like oh, this could just thing, and then, Like it was just Ow uh, singing to like unlock the crystal. Like that did not like land for me, but it was it did look nice.
0: Yeah, overall, not a not a bad. Short, not my favorite. Probably my least favorite of them. But I, it, it started off interesting. I kind of lost as as this episode was going, I was kind of lost interest a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's might tell. Nick or terms, like when I didn't like one of them or as much as the other ones. Like if it started to wander, I'm like, okay, that's this one just did not land for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, uh, that's how I felt with the one that um, the last one there. That's how I I felt, and uh, I I did do that again on episodes. episode five but that's not the episode's fault that was my
1: fault yeah but overall i think we did a pretty good we got pretty good wide range of things here wide range of animations here i also wanted to mention about in the stars real quick the i think the claymation style they did for that one also really i think worked well especially when the topic was like the empire like like hoarding the planets water i think that was a nice contrast
2: yes definitely
1: yeah all right so we've got two volumes of visions here i think and they are very well received. They foresee a ton of critical acclaim here. Like, would you guys want more visions going forward? Do you want to see a volume three in a year or two, Pete?
0: I say yes. I think um, if they can explore other production studios and they can explore different little short stories that we don't know of in Star Wars, I say, let's do it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed season two, and, and I would definitely watch a season three.
1: Uh, Nick, how about you? How do you feel about this?
0: I feel the same. I
2: enjoyed season two very much it's not a huge commitment on my end to be watching this it took what three hours total two and a half two hours maybe to watch all of them so in my mind it's like yeah i mean if you're gonna tell me that i'm gonna spend two hours and get a lot of these great stories and some cool animation that and some new styles that i haven't seen i'm in i mean i think the episodes were really engaging and well-made and some of them, like The Pit, for example, really drew my attention. So, like, I would love to see more.
1: Yeah, I think it's fun. I also like, the thing that makes them successful is that, like, these are all, like, new characters. I mean, yes, I mean, the I Am Your Mother episode, we do have Wedge in there, and we have a bunch of Easter eggs, right, that, with the mom, like, basically using Mando's helmet as a wheel and, like, having a Death Star laser in there. Like, that stuff is fun, but, like, I like that we don't, are not just saying, oh, here's an anime take on Luke Skywalker. It's like, oh, here are new characters in the universe seeing, like, how to relate to the themes that we call it. That makes the show, makes the vision successful, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Those are good points.
1: All right. So that's it for us this week. Coming up next week here on the podcast, we're going to start, kick off your video game month here on the podcast. We're talking a lot of video game Star Wars here because, Nick, the other new piece of canon material that is coming out, we're going to start building up to that is Jedi Survivor. Where we just need some lead time here because we want to get deeper into this game ourselves before we comment on it fully for you guys in story mode.
2: Now, taking my time with it, like it a lot so far. Love the gameplay, and I'm finally getting somewhere in the story where stuff's going down.
1: Yeah, and we'll say here, Pete, like we talked a little bit off the air here. I mean, like, there's some interesting stuff we've seen so far. And I did like the fact that, like, you know, we're going to be joined again by our friend Nick Delesio from Recovery Room. We're going to hop on a stream with him. We're going to do some stuff there. And we're going to probably go a few weeks later. We'll talk about this more next week because I'm the be big plans in the movie month. But, like, We'll give you the story of Jedi Survivor as well, for those of you who do not have the time to play the game.
0: Yeah, I'm uh I'm pumped for that. I always love the video game collabs that we do. So I'm um, excited to do this again. Um yeah, I just just excited.
1: All right. So that's all for us this week. I Thank you guys for coming on here once again. Pete people want to find social media, i gonna do that.
0: At PJ 29 on Twitter.
1: All right, Nick, uh one more time, people how do they follow the social media
2: accounts for the Sky Guys. At Sky Guys Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, watch those reels.
1: Yeah, watch those reels. Go to follow me on Twitter, mphilips three three one. That's m p h i l i p s three three one. This week, over on the Justin the Suffering podcast, our good good friend of the stat guys, Martino Puccio, came on here, talked some NBA, got that stuff going on here. Plus, Nick, you're going to be on uh, Just on Suffering next week. You're going to be talking some NFL schedule. That's right. Uh,
2: we know who we know who we're playing. All the teams, so we don't know when. We'll find out when.
1: We'll find out when. So that's going to be coming up here next week. We'll be back to kick off Video Game Month. We'll do more details about that in the podcast next week. Until then, everybody, may the Force be with you.